be adaptable. You know, don't be afraid to change. Some businesses change what they were doing in mid-course. Rethink and refocus and number and recharge, and a number of businesses did that. Greetings to all our listeners. I'm Arnie Sherman. This being our 104th show over the past five years and my last as the can-do host, I thought I would take this opportunity to pause and reflect on the lessons our guests wanted you to know. For the first three seasons, Can Do focused on stories from successful entrepreneurs. As the COVID pandemic disrupted businesses globally, Can Do pivoted to a more targeted mission of sharing essential business lessons. Many common themes and a lot of sage advice permeated these five seasons. On today's show, I will share with you my take on the most important of these business messages as we continue to face uncertain and unpredictable times. Support for this episode of Can Do is provided by the Dennis and Phyllis Washington Foundation, dedicated to investing in people to improve the quality of their lives. Additional support comes from the Greater Montana Foundation, encouraging communication on issues, trends, and values of importance to Montanans. And Parsons, Bailey, and Latimer, a regional law firm with national experience representing the interests of Montana entrepreneurs and businesses. More information at ParsonsBailey.com. Today for my last Can Do show, we're going to turn the tables and ask my terrific producer, Lena Beck, to serve as host. Lena, the microphone is yours. Thanks, Ernie. I'm glad we get a chance to finally ask you some questions for a change. I can feel the heat coming. (laughs) So, Ernie, you've hosted this show for five years. How do you feel now that it's over? Well, the show is over for me, but it may continue in some form or fashion Uh, after a hiatus. And so we have to see what happens. But on a personal note, I feel very satisfied. I feel relieved. You know, I feel I've helped share some good stories and and good advice. And I think that was the whole purpose of creating uh, Can Do, helping entrepreneurs, business people, and those associated with business understand uh, what other people are going through and, and other stories and other scenarios that would give them some support and uh, uh, some direction. And and I think we accomplished that. What have been some of the most notable highlights over the years? Well, I think in general, through 104 shows, it, it was reaffirming to me to hear about how entrepreneurs were seizing opportunities that were out there. That, that was encouraging and invigorating. Um, hearing stories about overcoming uh, adversity, hearing about how some of our guests work shoulder to shoulder with some industry titans like Bill Gates and the leadership at uh, Amazon and Steve Martin, the, the, the comedian, writer, and uh, musician. I think all of that um, stood out to me, as well as individual companies' stories that uh, were very compelling. There were you know, num- numerous ones of those that stood out. How about some examples? Well, we started off with Cowboy Cricket Farms, which was an interesting uh, venture. Uh, unfortunately, I think they've closed since uh, five years ago when they were our first guests. but. Uh, um, trying to build a business that no one else in the region had ever contemplated before was, was very interesting to me. We had uh, a 
Tuke's discussions during the five years on uh, cybersecurity with Sherry Davidoff. I thought that was uh, that was incredibly informative and interesting. I like Ben Morris's story about coastal cycles, starting out as uh, you know a bicycle with signs on it, and then becoming the last mile delivery system for some of the great uh, companies globally. Uh, recently, we had Nomad Global uh, Communications and how they uh, created this uh, vehicle that could uh, respond to emergency situations and be placed almost anywhere. And and that was a that was a Good story from a group of guys that were college friends and, uh, you know, who live up in the Flathead Valley of Montana. So I like that as well. Um, we had some interesting technology um, guests. Uh, one that stands out to my mind is uh, uh, LifeScore Music, how they created music for people's lives and uh, customized using uh, artificial intelligence and uh, award-winning uh, composers to craft new uh, uses for music that would be very personal and and very situationally oriented. Um, one of the great highlights was listening to uh, the story of SNK Technologies, which is uh, you know a tech powerhouse that started on the Salish Kootenai Reservation and uh, has become one of the, the largest uh, tech companies in, in the West. Um, started from scratch. And, and that was an interesting story. A lot of lessons from that. Uh, Nicole Hagerman Miller talking about biomimicry 3.8 and the fascinating work that they're doing, trying to replace oil-based uh, and artificially created solutions with natural solutions. And, you know, so I thought, you know, I, I could go on and on, but those were some of the ones that just uh, stood out. Maybe also in, in DigiKitchen, Try to recreate sort of the historic eating patterns and food and healthy diets for uh, for Native Americans. Here's Mariah Gladstone talking about the origin of her idea for Indigikitchen during season four. I actually launched the idea for Indigikitchen at a conference that I attended in Minneapolis while I was taking vacation days away from my railroad job. It was a food sovereignty conference, and I noticed that a lot of the conversation around food at that time in 2016 was still focused on access, on making sure that Native people have access to healthy, affordable foods, and that we're able to get those things within our communities. But because of this multi-generational disconnect, we know that restoring access by itself will not restore the diets of Native people. And so I was laughing and saying that we needed to start an Indigenous cooking show. And if no one was going to do it, then I would do it. And I would name it Kitchen. And I was joking around with some folks and someone said, all right, Mariah, you go do that. And of course, then I had to. I think all in all, we, we covered a very broad spectrum of, of guests. And it was purposeful to try to hit almost every sector that, that was out there. Equally important to me from what stood out in terms of stories and the creation of businesses and, uh, and how people have dealt with change and unexpected things like COVID were the individual personalities of a number of people who were guests on the show who, who uh, really demonstrated 
leadership and enthusiasm and creativity and stick to itness and all those sorts of things. People like Michelle Yui and John Connor and Eric Spronk and Mike Braun, Chris Walsh, Sherry Davidoff, Nick Chakota, Toby O'Rourke, people like that. And even John Roy Price, who worked in the Nixon administration, talking about how policy that was set over 50 years ago still resonates today in terms of how we view and handle business and, and uh, business related issues. I, th I think the personalities added a lot of breadth and depth to the show. So Arnie, the last two seasons of the show were quite a bit different than the first three, largely because of the COVID pandemic. How did the show and the lessons that the entrepreneurs brought to it change in the last couple of years? Well, as our guests shared with us, Lena, no one expected the COVID pandemic and no one predicted what direction it would move and meander and turn and no one predicted how long it would last and we're still dealing with it. We're seeing high inflation now as a result. We're still dealing with logistics and supply chain issues. Um, we're dealing with, uh, uh, you know, economic uh, um, unpredictability almost everywhere in the world. So no one predicted it and, and no one planned for it. And no one had a very good, well-organized response to it all. It just happened. And uh, it was, it created a set of circumstances that I think are unprecedented. So I think most of the people we talked to about this issue, how it affected their business, talked about regrouping and reloading. Um, they talked about taking advantage of opportunity. Um, some companies um, like Coastal Cycles started making face masks for a while and stopped making you know, their, uh, their uh, pedicycles and, and then moved back into a, a different version of their business. Um, so it, it caused uh, you know, a number of companies to test their resolve. Some went out of business. I've alluded to uh, Cowboy uh, uh, Cricket Farms. I think uh, everybody had great hopes for My Village and I think My Village suffered as well um, from uh, the restrictions on employees. I mean, that was the other big thing that happened beside all of the systemic changes. People were getting sick. People couldn't go to work. Businesses were closed. People were working from home. They had their children at home. It was a whole changing landscape that was like quicksand for a number of people. So um, I think that all of that changed the way people viewed their businesses, showed what kind of creativity and, and ingenuity they could uh, muster up. And um, Probably the most lasting effect uh, is that uh, we're still seeing employee shortages. There are signs all over every town I go to, employees want it. And that, I think, uh, has been explained by some of our guests as, as people uh, rethinking what's important to them. They're working from home now. They don't necessarily want to go back to the same business. There was the great, you know, resignation, as they call it, the great resignation. Lots of people left what they were doing and trying different things. So um, it really it really was like putting the whole economy in a blender. And we heard for two years about what the impact of that was 
you know, in general, because we covered topics and, and individually, because we talked about and talked to businesses who were feeling the impact of it all. I'm Arnie Sherman, sharing with you my take on the most important business lessons from the last five seasons. Support for this episode of Can Do is provided by Montana Rail Link, committed to safely delivering transportation solutions to their customers and partners. Additional support comes from the Greater Montana Foundation, encouraging communication on issues, trends, and values of importance to Montanans. And Parsons, Bailey, and Latimer, a regional law firm with national experience representing the interests of Montana entrepreneurs and businesses. More information at ParsonsBailey.com. You mentioned the Great Resignation as a running theme through multiple episodes. And of course, COVID was a big running theme. Were there other themes that you found popped up in different episodes across seasons, across businesses, across industries during the last five years? Um, yes. I think there, there, were, there were a number of things that resonated to me from uh, talking with our guests. One was, uh, you know, it's sort of like the, you know, the 10 things that pop out or the five things that pop out, um, you know, the, of, of the great lessons learned. People talked about recruiting the right people in their businesses. Try to be focused was a theme. There's all this stuff going on around you. You can get swept up in all of it. You know, focus on what you can do now. Um, a number of our guests said, act. If you don't, nothing will happen. Don't just be paralyzed by this all. Take an action, even if it's the wrong action. I always like to, to say, don't be afraid to make a mistake. Just don't make the wrong mistake. You're going to make mistakes in business, but you try to minimize their impact. You don't want to make catastrophic mistakes. So, you know, take action. If, if it's wrong, you know, you learn from it. You know, try to minimize, you know, what actions you do take. Um, the importance of networking. Everybody uh, talked about, you know, meeting with their colleagues, meeting with people in their industries, uh, trying to hear what's going on, attending webinars. I mean, it was a, it was a great time to, to network, you know, Zooming with everyone, people joining groups and organizations, trying to see if there's some kernel of useful and helpful advice and information they could glean out of everything that was going on. Um, you know, be adaptable. You know, don't be afraid to change. Some businesses change what they were doing in mid-course. You know, something they had planned to do for years and years and years. This created a whirlwind opportunity to rethink and refocus and, number, and recharge, and a number of businesses did that. I think it also led to solve an important problem. Whatever industry they were in, whatever topic they were involved with, uh, it, it became, let's not focus on the trivial, let's focus on what really matters and what makes a difference. You know, like producing masks or you know, trying to, uh, you know, just you know, provide uh, health care for some of uh, your employees. I think a number of businesses focus on child care as an important issue for their employees. And um, no one has enough child care and no community has enough child care. We did a whole show about, uh, you know, 
trying to respond to that need. And, you know, it becomes the YMCA, the family YMCA of Missoula, becomes the number one child care provider in the state of Montana because it's such a pressing issue and they couldn't avoid it. So it was, you know, solve an important problem. I think that there was a, a, a reaffirmation of having self-confidence. I mean, people were shaken by all of this. So, you know, do I have the confidence to move forward and, and take a leap of faith that this is going to get better, that I'm going to work my way through it? A number of people talked about it almost being like, you know, free fall, you know, building the air, you know, the aircraft as you're falling off the cliff so that you can don't crash and burn at the bottom. A lot of people had to, you know, move forward. There were businesses that closed during the pandemic, but a number of the people we talked to were opening businesses during the pandemic. You know, and they had issues like they couldn't get furniture delivered or, you know, they couldn't get tables and chairs. You know, their supply chain changed. It costs more. You know, those sorts of things happen. So um, I think that stood out. And I think we had a purposeful um, focus on trying to include more indigenous conversations and what's going on in the indigenous communities in Montana and women entrepreneurs. I'm proud that we had uh, over the course of five years, almost half of our guests were women. And uh, while a lot of women are entrepreneurs, not a lot of women in the business industries get the entrepreneurial startup funds that are necessary. And so it was good for us to highlight some women who were you know, dealing with some overwhelming odds and how they were building their businesses and, and moving forward. I think one of the most interesting messages from the past five years is that workers are more focused on themselves as an enterprise in a way, that there is not any longer a dream of going to work for a company and staying there till you retire. That people are much more mobile and particularly working remotely, that's been the case. I know a number of businesses that have been hiring people that work digitally and remotely for them who they're not hiring full-time and know they work for two or three other companies that may you know, not be in competition with them, but the, the, these people are holding two or three jobs and that's acceptable. That was never acceptable you know, a decade ago. You went to work for somebody and you stayed there you know, for a pretty long period of time and companies made an investment in you as an employee and wanted you to stick around. You know, I think there's a generation you know, maturing right now that by the time they retire, they'll have worked for 10 or 15 or 20 companies. You know, while our parents' generation or grandparents' generations had one or two jobs in their life. So I think that's a, that is a theme that came out that there are independent actors now out there. There's a whole... There's a whole cadre of them who see themselves as selling their service and selling their expertise and selling their skill to multiple buyers, multiple employers. And employers also are looking at people like that. They can put on contract that are you know, specific to a certain phase that their company is going through. And that's a different model of how businesses uh, you know, operate. You had a couple of repeat guests season to season. I'm thinking specifically of Mallory Oteriano from Uber. Right. And Sherry Davidoff of LMG Security. Right. What's the, what do we learn from getting to check back in with people over the years? 
I thought it was fascinating to see how businesses evolved. In the case of uh, Mallory, um, she refocused her business, changed the business name, um, you know, shut down her operation as it was previously, uh, you know, configured. She stopped warehousing. She had all kinds of changes from, you know, the two years earlier that we uh, talked with her. It went from kind apparel to your apparel and had a different focus. So that was interesting. Um, talking with Sherry Davidoff at, uh, at uh, LMG Security, the world just became a more dangerous place in terms of cyber security and cyber break-ins and uh, all of the things that uh, companies are being threatened with. Um, and uh, her work intensified. She even played on the second show uh, a, an audio recording of someone who was you know, blackmailing a company. You know, this is and how they've become businesses that some of these companies that are that are creating, you know, cyber disasters for uh, for many industries openly recruit employees and offer them, you know, benefit plans and have organizational structures. They're almost like a digital mafia. Let's listen to that recording she played for us. All right, so what you're about to hear is a voicemail that was left by a ransomware gang on an executive's voicemail system. This was a professional services company. They provided services to clients. Um, and so let's hear what the criminals had to say. Hello, Mr. I'd like to notify you that we've downloaded 500 gigabytes of your data from your servers. If you're planning to just restore your data, Without paying for decryption, we'll sell your company's private data on Darknet. Unless you contact us ASAP, we'll notify all of your clients that we're in possession of their private data, like socials and tax forms. We urge you to get in touch with us using the email from the text file we've placed on your desktop. If we leak that data, your business will be as good as gone. We're looking forward to receiving your reply via email. We also had guests like Mike Braun who talked on different topics and what was uh, timely at a particular time, moving from cybersecurity to uh, talking about entrepreneurs becoming entrepreneurs. Um, so there was a, it was good to revisit and come back to some people uh, that were uh, uh, earlier guests. Michelle Yui uh, served in that capacity for us, you know, the founder of uh, of Vim and Vigor and came back and helped uh, review and look at other companies. And Vim and Vigor has, has become a, more of an online business rather than uh, being an in-store uh, company. And uh, she created another venture now called ShopDot that's, uh, that's moving forward. So she's, uh, she's become a serial entrepreneur. So it's good to follow the career of people. There are a number of people who left their businesses. We had, uh, uh, Bakay Caramel and, and the founder of that retired. So businesses have life cycles and businesses have, uh, you know, changes and ups and downs. And some were COVID related, but some are just a natural, you know, cycle of how businesses operate and, and grow and mature and take steps forwards and back. There's no straight line business. You know, it's up and down and around. And uh, I think we saw that by revisiting some guests over, uh, over a few year period and see how things were going with them. What's next for you, Arnie? Well, there's always something on the horizon. Uh, um, 
I'm probably going to focus a little bit on some writing that I'd like to do. I continue to do consulting. I've done consulting for the last you know, several decades. I continue to work with companies and informal and informal capacities to try to lend my experience and advice. I still have my weekly radio show that I do on KGVO called What Do You Know? with my co-host uh, Scott Richmond. We continue to offer that show. Um, I serve on some boards. I'll continue to serve on boards, travel, play golf. The only thing that'll be missing is, is, uh, is the can-do portion of things. And, uh, you know, I found it to be a, you know, a, a tremendous uh, addition to my life. I hope our listeners learn from, uh, from our guests. I know I learned a lot of things from our guests. It was a learning experience for me. I feel like I got another graduate degree by, you know, having 104 plus guests, uh, you know, over a uh, five-year period and hearing about uh, what they were doing and, and learning, you know, from all of them. So, uh, so the journey continues and uh, um, I'm very grateful to have the opportunity to have been the host for five years for Can Do and if it continues, I look forward to being a listener on future episodes. In closing, I have a number of people to thank for guiding this five-year journey. I first want to thank my sponsors, the Greater Montana Foundation, who've been there since the beginning, Parsons Bailey and Latimer, and then Kyle Washington for delivering Montana Rail Link and the Dennis and Phyllis Washington Foundation to support us throughout this entire effort. The show wouldn't have happened without the leadership of Ray Eckness, Montana Public Radio General Manager, who supported me in the creation of a Montana-focused business show. I want to give a shout-out to Amber Barnes and Peter Hope for their able production support over the first three seasons. There wouldn't have been a show without the irreplaceable Beth Ann Austin, who spun her wizardry and production leadership for more than four years. And Lena Beck, this season's producer who made this past year so enjoyable. Again, it's been a great pleasure to be the CanDo host and share business stories and insights with all of you. I'm Arnie Sherman, wishing you peace and prosperity.